Young gang, I got her again, guys. It never fails. Here, here's how I do it. I yawn, but also every time she's over here, she does nothing but yawn sometimes. She'll be in the middle of a sentence and go. It's like, I'm so sorry. This is fucking boring for you. You know what? I don't need your shit. Okay. We never do this after a nap. No. No. Did you have enough time for a nap this afternoon? I mean, I had time, but I didn't take one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you know we were going to be doing this? Yeah. Why didn't you take a nap? Well, I don't know. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I'm just giving you a hard time, honey. Are you ready to learn uh, from the Bible today? Oh, can't wait. Yeah? Okay. This is you're gonna like my opening today. Okay. Because it's gonna be spot on. You won't be able to to deny that the Bible says any of this. Well, this week's pretty easy and straightforward, so I feel like you can probably nail this. Okay. okay. If you guys don't remember last time we had the prophecy about Jesus and the essentially the Great Commission. Uh, if if you don't know what the Great Commission is, that's basically Jesus telling people to go out into all the world and make disciples of all nations and everything like that. It's essentially captured also in the Old Testament because pretty much the entire New Testament is contained in the Old Testament, um, especially all the theology of Jesus, too. So um, next, though, in today's lesson, um, Israel is going to become God's bitch. Not that... Israel wasn't God's bitch before, but now it's more explicitly stated as being uh, his bitch. Wife. Yeah. Well, I mean, the way the the way this seems to go down, I think I think you'll um, respect my interpretation of it. Will I? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, there's been some domestic altercations in the past, but that's all going to stop now. Uh, God admits that he kind of lost his cool there for a bit and left for a while, abandoning his uh, <clears throat> wife. Mm-hmm. But uh, he still loves his bitch. <laughs> he promises to rebuild his bitch and protect any of uh, the bastard children that his oh, bitch boy. had with maybe other people. Um, if any if any attacks uh, on Israel happen, then it's not going to be God's fault this time. Because God is hanging up his wife beater. I love how it admits, though, that it was him before. Yeah. And that he abandoned them. Mm. And then this little exchange happens. He says, come to God and you'll be taken care of in everything. He pleaded with Israel, saying, just come on back, baby. God says he won't take disobedience anymore instead of backhanding Israel uh, apparently he's just going to shame them and have mercy on them. God's ways are indeed different and better than Israel, his wife. So shut the fuck up and listen to me. <laughs> he reminds them to behave, and God is going to show his dick while keeping the Sabbath. Salvation can also come to those from shithole countries. And he ended up uh, calling all the current spiritual leaders, as in Isaiah at the time, total dipshits. The end of today's lesson. (laughs) It actually wasn't too bad. But we're still going to go over it. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah. 
Oh, come on. We all know Israel is God's bitch. It's what the entire Old Testament's about. Well, I can't, uh, I can't argue with you about that. I told you by the end of it, she'd be agreeing with me. <laughs> What's up, heathens? How, How y'all doing? doing? So apparently uh, I didn't get everything exactly correct and we're going to have to go over it. It wasn't too bad. I mean, some of it was not great, but... I mean, you're going to see how I get there. Yeah. You actually probably will see how he gets there today. All right, are you ready? I am totally ready. So last time we started Isaiah 54, we just did verses 1 through 3, and it basically talks about how... And, and this is how uh, Christians teach this section is that um, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your curtains wide, do not hold back, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. So basically he's saying um, his religion, like the worship, worshiping him will spread far and wide. And he tells Israel to spread far and wide, right? Um it's a lot like what Jesus says to all the disciples at the end of his um, journey. Yeah, so we're gonna so we're gonna start there today. All right. Okay. All right. Do not be afraid; you will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace; you will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. For your Maker is your husband, and the Lord Almighty is His name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He is called the God of all the earth. The Lord will call you back as if you were a wife deserted and distressed in spirit, a wife who married young, only to be rejected, says your God. For a moment I abandon you, but with deep compassion I will bring you back. In a surge of anger I hid my face from you for a moment, but with everlasting kindness I will have compassion on you, says the Lord your Redeemer." To me, this is like the days of Noah, when I swore that the waters of Noah would never again cover the earth. So now I have sworn not to be angry with you, never to rebuke you again. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. So he's basically saying he's making a new covenant with Israel. Right, we've uh, we've heard a couple throughout the Old Testament. Again, another new covenant. This Holy is fuck. A new covenant that he will never again abandon them. All right. So basically God did a pinky swear. Yes. So he's not going to abandon them. He's going to have compassion on them. He says there's going to be peace, which there's been a lot of conflict. We've had a lot of conflict up to this point in the Bible. Right? And it's been as, as we know, because the Bible says so, God's sending them, the uh, the outside nations, to harm Israel. Oh, yeah. He's hired mercenaries in the past. I don't take know if them you, captive, hold yeah. them slave, en- enslave them. I think, was it in Jeremiah where he, um, where he had those alien things from the Marvel movies come in and, like, attack a whole city? Sure, honey. I may be misremembering that. <laughs> Perhaps. Afflicted city, lashed by storms and not comforted. I will rebuild you with stones of turquoise, your foundations with lapis lazuli. 
I will make your battlements of rubies, your gates of sparkling jewels, and all your walls of precious stones. This sounds like a fucking sparkly motherfucker. This right is here. why. Why does God love the bedazzle shit? I don't know, but like, this sounds really pretty. My mom like, would love this place. Do you remember the Ark of the Covenant? Mm. It was like bedazzled as fuck too. Yeah, God loves his bedazzler. I don't know <laughs> who he uses to bedazzle things other than the Israelites, but I mean, if you can stud something with jewels. God's gonna love it, apparently. I mean, why can't, like, why make a gate out of, what did he say, like, rubies or some shit? Let's see, like, gates of sparkling jewels, spark- battlements of rubies, foundations with lapis lazuli, which is, like, lapis lazuli is a, um, it's a, um, it's a, bl- it's a dark blue, like a deep blue stone. Like, okay. not like a, not like a clear stone, it's, um... I mean, okay, yeah, he's going to make the entire place pretty, but I'm fairly certain that anybody with any kind of indicate, like any kind of idea of how to protect a city from like invading forces, they're going to look at their jewel laden door and be like, (laughs) the fuck is this? Well, it's going to be pretty. They'll probably think they're rich as fuck up in that bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Which will make them a bigger target. It's like, holy shit, you see what those guys have over there? They bedazzled their entire fucking town. Look at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we should probably go and attack them. <laughs> they probably <laughs> bedazzled their dicks. <laughs> <laughs> they probably would want to steal their stones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You think God makes them bedazzle their assholes? I don't. I feel like this is probably something that's not addressed. <laughs> <laughs> Man, if he likes shit bedazzled. <laughs> Okay, can we continue? Yeah. Okay. All your children will be taught by the Lord, and gr- and great will be their peace. In righteousness you will be established. Tyranny will be far from you. You will have nothing to fear. Terror will be far removed, and it will not come near you. If anyone does attack you, it will not be my doing. Whoever attacks you will surrender to you. See, it is I who created the blacksmith who fans the coals into flame and forges a weapon fit for its work. And it is I who have created the destroyer to wreak havoc. No weapons forged against you will prevail and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And this is their vindication from me. Well, I mean, unless they're made out of iron, then, you know, God can't do shit against that. Remember the chariots of iron? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, also, if God bedazzles the entire city with these precious jewels and stones and everything like that, mm-hmm. it, would it not also be his fault if people notice the city from very far away because it's bedazzling and sparkly as shit, but also come to, like, I don't know, take all of the shit that he used to bedazzle the city with? It doesn't matter because if they come to do that, uh, they'll surrender to... What are they gonna do? Throw sets of jewelry at them? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm just. I'm kind of curious. It's like <laughs> because just imagine like an entire town full of like uh, Hollywood prima donnas, and it's like, oh shit, they're coming with forks and knives and shit. Oh my god! Like the not pitchforks, but like trident kind of things. <laughs> Poseidon's attacking this place. <laughs> And and then they're like, oh, shit, get the jewelry, get all of the jewelry, even the pearl necklaces. I feel like they'd have a different kind of pearl necklace. <laughs> It'd be a Holy Spirit pearl necklace. 
Okay. Can we continue? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest affair. You know, he says this right here. Uh, why spend your labor on what does not satisfy? I don't know about you, but lots of people have jobs they don't like. And <laughs> <laughs> and food's not free. So, no. But also, what, what's with the pairing of wine and milk? I mean, I... I don't know. I would not drink wine and milk together. No, uh, but I mean, he's talking... Uh, I, did I get in there that he's talking about them going for wine and milk and not having any bread? Why spend money on what is not bread? Yeah, what is not bread? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, they would obviously need bread. I mean, are you just well, going to no, They're going to spend money on bread. Okay. They're not going to spend money on wine or milk. Oh, okay. They're going to get that for free because I'm so, uh, the way food programs. Yeah, <laughs> food programs. <laughs> so, drink beverage programs <laughs> not food programs because you're so, going to buy bread you're going to yeah. buy food so this is a beverage program sorry sometimes the way that the bible word shit confuses me so. you know it's like you buy a meal you get the drink for free yeah i guess that's what's happening here <laughs> buy a loaf of bread get a cup of milk and wine for free yep <laughs> all right that's a deal i'd go to Publix for <laughs> <laughs> but i won't drink the wine and neither will you well, that's true, but we can use it in risotto or to make sauces. It's fine. Oh, okay. I'd be fine with that. Right? We cook with wine. We just don't drink it. It's all right. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples and a ruler and commander for the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you know not and nations you do not know will come running to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. Oh, yeah, this is the part. This has got some um, uh, uh, Jesus uh, allusion mm -hmm. in it. Um, back up at the near the beginning at Isaiah 55, uh, three, it says, um, and at least in the King James version, it says, incline your ear and come up, uh, come unto me here and your soul shall live and I will make an uh, everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. And so basically this is promising that, um, you know, Jesus is going to be resurrected, establishing an everlasting covenant. At least this is how uh, Christians uh, interpret this particular passage, uh, some Christians. Um, so this everlasting covenant can only be fulfilled by the suffering so Yeah, mm -hmm. the resurrection, the suffering servant, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, there's that. Um, Isaiah 55, 4 says, Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and commander to the people. So uh, this part right here, it's interpreted as talking about Jesus, uh, saying that I have uh, given him uh, for a witness, like he's a witness to God's glory or God he, in He's general. a witness for the people, like he's going to bring the people right. to God. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then he's also a leader and commander, which I see how some would take this as being like a military leader and commander, right? 
Uh, but also, I would definitely say that the Jesus of the Gospels led and commanded. I mean, he issued commands. Yeah, for sure. Like uh, the commander in this particular part, I'm not exactly sure in what kind of context it's talking about a commander, but um, I mean, he he definitely commands things. Um, and it says he will summon nations that they do not currently know, like mm-hmm. that they know not. Right. Uh, and uh, basically that. Jesus would end up, or God would glorify Jesus is what that ends up being. So, yeah. Yeah. In this version, it's endowed you with splendor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them and to our God, for he will freely pardon for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So in this section, he's basically saying that they, they're they different, and there may be things that they don't understand, but they're not going to understand because they they can't. He's higher, he's above, he's... He's got this greater understanding that they can't that that they don't won't get. Yeah, I feel like this kind of really opens it up to just pretty much anything that somebody doesn't understand. Well, that's because God's ways are higher than ours. God's will. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, it kind of opens it up to horrible shit happening. It's like, well, we don't know how this is good. We just know that it is. Yeah. Because God. Or one of those kind of things where people will say, um, you know, this is super hard and I don't understand why God would, you know, why God would let this happen to me. But I know that God would never give me more than I can handle. Like God knows you better than you know yourself. This kind of um, this kind of explicit trust really in in this heavenly being is really pounded into people throughout the old Testament teachings. Mm-hmm. Um, basically that you just have to have faith in this and you're not going to understand, but you don't need to understand. Just do what I tell you to do and everything will be fine. And I think that that's, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of dangerous. I wouldn't, I wouldn't teach my child that as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not, And do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush, you will grow the juniper. And instead of briars, my myrtle will grow. You didn't tell me the trees were going to clap their cheeks. <laughs> this will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. Every time I hear everlasting in there, I, at least in this, these particular sections, it always makes me think of Jesus. Well, it's, it's one of those things where he's making the covenant, you know, like mm-hmm. that's, that's the same kind of language that we had earlier in the Bible when he made his covenant with Noah, oh. when he's made covenants with David, you know, like when he's made the covenants throughout. So each covenant is everlasting until it stops lasting. Did, 
I mean, did uh, is that what you mean? Like the other covenants were everlasting covenants? Yeah. Yeah. So they were everlasting until they stopped. But they did. They didn't stop. Oh, I thought this was a new covenant that overrid the other ones or overrides the other ones. Supersedes. Supersedes. No, it's just a another one, like a diff, like oh. a different one. Oh, so it's one on top of the already everlasting covenants. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they're they're about different shit. Oh. Uh. So I mean, they're different covenants. It's just like if if you look at it like. I can make you a promise mm-hmm. about something. Then if two days later I make you another promise, it doesn't supersede that original promise. It's just another promise about something else. Well, yeah, but I mean, I kind of figure in this situation with God making a covenant, like uh, I guess you wouldn't need to make, uh, I wouldn't think that you would need to sign multiple contracts. I mean, if they're about different things, you would. Well, I mean. It, I mean, the covenant with Noah was they would he would never flood the earth again. Okay. That's not a, that has that is completely different from the covenant that he's making right now. Okay. They're just about different things. All right. You ready to go? Continue. Yeah. Okay. This is what the Lord says: Maintain justice and do what is right, for my salvation is close at hand, and my righteousness will soon be revealed. Blessed is the one who does this, the person who holds it fast who keeps the Sabbath without desecrating it and keeps their hands from doing any evil. Again, we hear about the Sabbath being super important to him for reasons that we don't understand because his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) And his knowledge is better than our knowledge. Yes. Uh, Let no foreigner who is bound to the Lord say, the Lord will surely exclude me from his people and let no eunuch complain, I am only a dry tree. For this is what the... <laughs> what? <laughs> let no eunuch complain, I am just a dry tree. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. I should have brought that up in the pre-meeting. <laughs> no, it was just... It's a funny way of saying it. It just... It's, it, it like is. I said, it's funny. But it works, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For this is what the Lord says... To the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose what pleases me and hold fast to my covenant, to them I will give within my temple and its walls a memorial and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that will endure forever. And foreigners who bind themselves to the Lord to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord and to be his servants, all who keep the Sabbath without desecrating it and hold fast to my covenant. These I will bring to my holy mountain and give them joy in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. The sovereign Lord declares, he who gathers the exiles of Israel, I will gather still others to them besides those already gathered. So this is kind of new, right? The idea that it's not only Israel's, it's not only the people of Israel who will be Oh, so, saved. Yes, the people from the shithole countries will also be saved. <laughs> Foreigners can now be part of their group. They mm-hmm. can they can be saved too, which is a new idea, a newish idea here that Gentiles, as opposed to only Jews, mm-hmm. can have salvation. Right, and just to clarify, anybody listening that doesn't know me. Uh, the whole shithole country thing, I'm just making an obvious slide at Donald Trump here. <laughs> I do not think that these places are actual shithole countries. 
just felt like I need to put that out there. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, we're, this last section is the end of Isaiah 56. And we're going to talk about the spiritual leaders of the day in, in Israel. Okay. Come all you beasts of the field, come and devour all you beasts of the forest. Israel's watchmen are blind. They all lack knowledge. They are all mute dogs. They cannot bark. They lie around and dream. They love to sleep. They are dogs with mighty appetites. They never have enough. They are shepherds who lack understanding. They all turn to their own way and seek their own gain. Come, each one cries, let me get wine. Let us drink our fill of beer, and tomorrow will be like today, or even far better. You know, it's making so much sense now why the New Testament is the way that it is. Okay. Because the Old Testament, even blatantly right here, says, yo, guys, spiritual leaders right now, they're total shit. (laughs) (laughs) And it seems like they continue to be total shit. Until Jesus comes and it's like God has to come down as Jesus and just do it all himself. He's just like, fuck, if you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. And so he comes down and kills himself. Well, yeah, but I mean, that doesn't I mean, that might have helped at the time. Like, but I mean, have you seen the spiritual leaders of today? Oh, yes, they're still shit, but. People, people can go back to, well, you just got to believe in Jesus. Like, you know, it's the whole, it's the whole thing. Like, I'm not a part of a religion. I just follow Jesus kind of thing. Yeah, I don't like that. Well, I don't either, but I can see how, how the Bible sets it up to have that kind of theology about it. Mm -hmm. Because like in the Old Testament, I mean, ever since, oh, fucking, not even David was a good, was all that good of a, of a leader or whatnot, like a spiritual leader or whatnot. Um, he was shit, and then everybody that came after him was shit. Until well, I mean, got- in some ways, it depends on how you're how you're talking about it. The problem with David was that he was such a um, he was a god of or not a god, a king of war, mm-hmm. and so he did a lot of bad in the face of war. Um, but as far as trying to get the people, like as far as taking out the other nations that praised other gods he was doing that because god told him to and in that way he was doing god's oh, no, will. i wasn't talking about like um, any kind of sense of a real historical kind of david it, i was talking about like as far as theologically like the day like like god got pissed off at david you know david did wrong in the yeah eyes that's of what god. i was describing oh I wasn't describing anything in history. I was describing what God told David to do. And he did those things. But the one of the reasons that God was mad at David is because of his, all of the, he'd done so much killing it, all of the violence and all that kind of stuff. But he was doing what God wanted him to do. God, did, he did get mad at David. Well, he didn't get mad at David. He just, he saw that David couldn't be, this pure figure that he wanted him to be. And it was because of all of the war. I mean, God killed David's son. I kind of feel like <laughs> God got mad at David. Well, I mean, yeah. So uh, but, he, he did punish him on and off, but he still holds David up higher than many other Kings. Well, yeah, but I guess my point was, was that, it, that like, that's kind of the start of the downhill. 
I mean, you had like this down. I guess maybe not a pure downhill. It had some roller coasters, but I mean, it seems like it's always degraded over the New Testament timeline. Like, like how valuable the kings and everything were, because you would have some kings that would uh, that would try to restore Israel and do right in, in the eyes of God, but then they'd die off, and another king would become the asshole king and want yeah. to go back, and so it was just kind of this roller coaster ride all the way down to the bottom. Yeah, it it I mean it was mainly um, Israel's kings were mostly shit. Uh, Judah's kings were mostly good, but you had Judah was always in the eyes of God, um, spiritually superior to Israel. Mm-hmm. Like th- that's what we've seen. Judah's kings have been better and have tried harder to do the right things, but they have had kings who haven't. Um, but Israel's have always been worse than Judah's. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I guess, is that it for this week? Yes, yeah. that's the end of fifty of Isaiah 56. Uh, next week, we're going to go into Isaiah 57, and we're going to learn why righteous people die. Why do oh. good... Yep, why do the good die young? Why? Oh, okay. <laughs> not not why, why do the good go to hell? Uh, no. Yeah, hell's not technically in the Old Testament. If you had to pin anything on it, it would be Sheol. Is is what they call them, or or as it's translated, Hades. Okay, <laughs> um, we're going to talk about how restoration is not for the wicked. There ain't no rest for the wicked. Ain't no rest for the wicked. <laughs> Money don't grow on trees. That's what I was alluding to. Yeah. I love that song. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk how uh, fasting uh, leaves you empty. But true fasting, we're going to have a no true Scotsman here next week. True fasting has reward. So we're going to talk, we're going to talk quite a bit. There's actually quite a bit about fasting. Isaiah 58 is, is I think pretty much exclusively about fasting. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk some more about the Sabbath and mm-hmm. observing the Sabbath and the importance of that. We're also going to talk about uh, confessing sins and uh, salvation for uh, the penitents. Okay. Whoever in the fuck they may be. <laughs> kind of sounds like a football team. <laughs> and then we're going to close up next week, uh, the end of Isaiah 59, with uh, promising the spirit. Yep. Uh, we'll have a little bit of Jesus stuff in 59 and then uh, pick back up in 60 and 61 a little bit. But that's going to be the week yeah. after. Yeah, the, the next big section for, like, um, Jesus talk is going to be Daniel. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, heathens. Well, we hope that you guys appreciated this this little bit of time in the Bible here. Uh, if you will, please leave a comment down below with what you thought about today's Bible study. We'd really appreciate it. While you're down there, why don't you smash that like button and subscribe if you like podcasts like these. Don't forget to stand up and use your voice. Bye, heathens. Bye, y'all.